Hi guys, welcome to the Art of Acquisitions podcast. Here we discuss how you can create cash flow and grow your wealth with acquisitions. We have a great guest lineup, including Craig. Craig bought two businesses with 10 million in sales, no money down. And Alan, Alan has led multiple deals ranging in value from 1 million to 9 billion. Yes, that was right, 1 million to 9 billion. Art of Acquisitions, simply the fastest strategy to create cash flow and grow your wealth. Welcome to Taylor Capital's live broadcast. We have uh, an incredible individual who has done a number of acquisitions in the hundreds uh, with us today. And this podcast is all about um, we create, we help investors create passive income, power brand property, uh, and we do the deal so you don't have to. Um, so today uh, we've got a master of acquisitions. He's done many. Uh, you probably have heard of him, or probably never heard directly from him, but it's uh, Mr. Mark Homer from Progressive Property, Progressive Lets, and Unlimited Success. And uh, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hi, Dan. Good to uh, good to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure to have you. And um, tell us, tell everybody, how did you get started? When did you get switched on to acquisitions? Uh, you know, way back when, when yeah, you know, probably before you met Rob, actually, I think it was. Was yeah. So um, I started um, sort of looking at stuff, toying. I don't know. Oh three, um, bought some stuff in Bulgaria and overseas. Did a load of stuff that didn't work. Uh, 2005, um, I started to buy little terraced houses uh, that was really good. Um, you know, small ex council in the local area in Peterborough. Um, and, um, ref- you know, started refurbing them, remortgaging them, putting tenants in, um, did quite a few for us, met my business partner, and we set up a, a sort of portfolio building structure. Um, and I actually had a look at the numbers the other day because we've got an internal management system. Um, so a, a total, we bought a total of 429 properties. Or 29. How long did that take? Or 29. Uh, That's a hell of a number. I started that product in O, end of O six, uh, and I think we, I've still got one client in it, but I mean we, yeah, most of it was all done probably by fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I had two buyers on the road for quite a lot of the time, um, you know, and you, we, we, there were individual units, terraces yeah. And, yeah. and flats, um, and um, you know, we, a lot of them. What we did well, the, the, the model was. Um, we'd buy it, but we would take an equity stake in each property. Yeah. Uh, so they put the equity down, get a mortgage, and you've right. got half the equity kind of thing. Yeah. 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 No, not quite half, more like twenty five percent. But the the investor would buy it in their name with the deposit. Yeah. Um. You know, and we try and remortgage it, and then we get, get some money out. Yeah. yeah. Get some money out for them to buy the next one. Um. Put a bit of a package together, and then we retain something like twenty twenty five percent of each. Yeah. Uh, one of them, the equities. Uh, so a great way to scale, obviously, as you've done 429. It's pretty yeah. awesome. So yeah. scale, um, originally using an external letting agency, then brought it yeah. in-house yeah. yeah. um, and, and sort of manage it all from there, from here. Um, carried on doing that. And, you know, what I wanted to do was get to over a 1,000. You know, the credit can trade it tough because... Yeah. You know, we were getting eighty-five percent mortgages. The investors were getting a lot, of, a lot, if not all, of their money out, and that enabled them to get a portfolio of three yeah. to five. Not harder to do that. They could leave more money. In. And I thought, you know, what I really want to do is 
accelerate our portfolio. We're in a low value, high yielding area. So it, it works yeah. for the kind of stuff. So, so moving from the partnerships to, you know, sole ownership with yourself and Rob kind of thing. Yeah. That. So yeah. more like 2000. Well, along the way, obviously, we're buying our own properties as yeah. well, uh, and sort of prior to that. But, you know, around maybe, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, we started buying commercial buildings. Rob and I almost, you know, just, just us two. Um, I think I did one with an investor, but almost all the others were just together. Um, I'd, I'd managed 110 of these guys buying the individual houses. You know, and there is some scar. There's some scarring there. If I'm honest, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Did you have somebody in between you, like a, my, a kind of my assistant, who thankfully is still here? She managed yeah. that product, and she she did the investor relations. I bet she uh, has some scars as well. She does. I mean, we're still <laughs> discussing. We reminisce all the time. Um, yeah. We had, you know, two two buyers out on the road finding these mm. properties as well. Um, so yeah, I can't say. <laughs> Of course, in the end, when something really goes wrong, they always want me. So, um, I yeah, I, I I can't say I really enjoyed that bit. I enjoyed getting yeah. the properties and, and building the portfolio and having the properties afterwards. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for me, so, yeah. Move, moving on from there, four two nine, and then into your own deals where you're doing commercial conversions to residential kind of thing. Yeah. That was a. It seems to me, looking from the outside in, that's the bit that kind of lights you up. Yeah. Um, so I noticed that these commercial buildings were getting very cheap in the, in the credit crunch. Um, you know, around here, there was stuff at 30, 40 pound a foot. Uh, the finished values were maybe 200, 250. Um, and you know, I, I've got a guy that could probably convert them at 60, 70 pound a foot. Completely unrealistic now. 60 or 70 pound. Wow. I was getting them done. The first one I did at 60. Um, well, first two. And then I think the third one was 65. And I'm talking after variation. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, just the, just the conversion cost and the build cost. Um, so it was a Polish team. Um, mm. and that, you know, if I combine the two elements, that worked yeah. really well. Happy days. Uh, absolutely. You know, so, and, uh, but, you know, I, I, I sort of made the little rule to myself that, you know, if I was going to have any investors, there'd be one on a project <laughs> and I'd, I'd, I'd watch them for, a, from afar for six months, get to know them. Right. Yeah. Uh, make sure I was going to be happy. Um, <laughs> so you, make sure you actually know them. You've seen them on a good day and you've seen them on a bad day. There's yeah, that foundation yeah, of trust yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. And um, the great thing about, I suppose, from a compliance point of view, tell everybody what the great thing is about only having one passive investor in a deal. Um, obviously, you bypass all the, the, the FCA kind of rules. Yeah. You know, because as soon as you get past more than one in a deal, you've got this whole collective investment scheme yeah. uh, nonsense you have to adhere to. Uh, yeah. We deal with that, but um, I understand keeping one in, in a deal. And do you always have an option to buy them out down the road? Um, you know, it's in the shareholders' agreement that you know we. I think we can. There's a process, but if I'm really honest, you know, it it, it wouldn't be that attractive to either party. Um, yeah. And if we really fell out, the solution is liquidation. So that sort of makes us all get on. You know, he set Mish on the on me. Do you know what I mean? And I. Yeah, ended up right. with a six-page document at point seven, you know what I mean, font size seven. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just got to deal with all that. To be to be yeah. fair, I because it's him and I'd known him a while. I sort of knew if I got past that that afterwards, yeah, I'd be he's, fine. He's great to live with. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I had yeah. a load of messages from him last weekend. 
yeah. about Bitcoin and all sorts of stuff. We get on really well. The point is, when I do these projects, I know I'm going to keep them afterwards. I'm probably welded to this person for 20 or 30 years. So I do yeah. actually want to, I just want to have an awesome yeah. relationship with them, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I suppose setting that foundations of how you're going to go forward is really, really important, that shareholders yeah. agreement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just, just carried on sort of buying those, those buildings, largely Rob and I, Rob doesn't have a lot of input at all. Um, but you know, that's because he's on Clubhouse all the time. Yeah, he's, on <laughs> he's doing other things for us. He's doing a whole stack of stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's why it works between us. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, so started converting them, getting them done very cheap, using Polish contractor mainly um importing all the um all the mainly second fix items the tiling flooring um sanitary wear from poland um you know you know weak zloty relatively um strong sterling uh all the way to 2016 that was working really well and so how many years of that 2012 to 16 or something yeah about that maybe maybe 11 yeah. So like you're that. buying at 30, 40 pound a foot, the, the actual commercial premises, yeah. you yeah. know, spending 60, 70 pound a foot after, yeah. uh, you know, VAs, um, yeah. you know, professionals, legals, uh, finance. So I, I think I use finance on one, but, you know, with the investor one, he put his cash in and that yeah. was the deal. And then on, you know, the ones that Rob and I have done, we have done quite a few cash because I try, trying to use um, that sort of builder with a bank. Uh, yeah, can be very not yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. Yeah. Can we can we see the JCT or DMV or at least the schedule of works? No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's all that was all there, but it, it was more was it? sort of program. He'd always be yeah. here late, which I used to yeah. factor in. Um, you know, if the bank wanted to get involved, you know, QS wanted lot. They always want loads of certs. Um, yeah, you know, if you didn't want to give it, you just come in, blow up, and and yeah. call them names. Do you know what I mean? And, and, absolutely. You're sort of, this is what I find, you, you, you're constantly in this little zone where either you, you're using small contractors like that that don't have any balance mm-hmm. sheet, you know, don't have a lot of, can't, can't deal with a bank and, and swear a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that are generally absolutely. a bit neanderthalic. Um, yeah. Or you're dealing with ones that are really smooth, can do a lot of that stuff, huge balance sheets, but, you yeah. know, around the week, 30, 40, 50% more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the, and the, week, the, the week stops at 11, 11 or 12 o'clock on a Friday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're all to the pub, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Yeah, I've worked with them as well, but they do have their place, like you say. They do. Um, they do. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, if you're dealing with a smaller, you know, somebody's listening, dealing with a smaller conversion, it's absolutely. Uh, but I would always suggest always get a schedule that works so that you're, you know, or you're just going to get VOs, um, you know, left, right, and center. That wasn't included in the deal. That wasn't included in the deal. Uh, how many times I've seen that is is, is incredible. Um, what so advice? I, yeah, I, no, never sorry, do, I never did one of those down without uh, full schedule of works, JCT contract, a contract administrator, um, mm. and you know, yeah, and the, the contract administrator would you I did use the architect in the early years. Not a good idea. But you know, I, I brought a project manager in later, who so at least there was some form of over, oversight. And mm. when the um, application for payment came along, then you know there wasn't it used to turn into an almighty round. Um, yeah. So you know, I uh, you know 
I think that's important, even on a smaller job. I've had HSE investigations into asbestos and all stuff like that. As soon as you bring out the JCT, so they like, pass it on. Fine. It's yeah. the main contractor and not you. It's so yeah. important, that is. So it's just ex- health and safety. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. And just to explain for anyone listening who doesn't know what a JCT is, just in a, a kind of 30 second summary, what is yeah. that? And why so, does it protect you more importantly? You know? Yeah, so it's joint contracts tribunal. Um, they produce uh, a series, a suite of contracts. So you'd have the small works, you have the sort of larger works one. Um, you know, there are lots of elements of this contract which you can add in or take out, but the, they're all sort of standard clauses. They are huge. Uh, yeah. And they deal with all sorts of things like variations. They deal with liquidated damages. They deal with a whole stack of stuff. But obviously, Behind that, they have to refer to architects' drawings and they have to refer mm-hmm. to a, a, a usually a detailed specification, schedule of work. So um, that makes up the contract bundle, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is what you've agreed that this 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 main contractor is going to do for you. Um, and you know, the, there are alternatives, and there's the FMB, Federation of Massive Builders. I wouldn't bother. I'd use JCT because all the banks get it, all the builders get it. Yeah. Um, our subcontractors that we're using at the moment, because I am a main contractor on currently, uh, they, a lot of the time, my QS turns up with his special appointment, uh, which is um, <laughs> <laughs> got a few extras in it. Um, yeah. and, and they're like, no, we want a JCT. So it, it's widely yeah. regarded as fair. So. Yeah. And why does why is that such a great and uh, you know needed protection device for a developer such as yourself? Because there are so many wheels turning, so many moving parts, so many areas that will change and can go wrong, including a pandemic, uh, including <laughs> you know what <laughs> what constitutes you know a relevant event for a pandemic, what constitutes yeah. um, you know uh, you know a, a variation. What constitutes, um, you know, what, what, what is the remedy if it's late? What are the liquidated damages or are they unliquidated damages where you yes. just set the cost? All that, all these things, you know, did you agree to put this kind of tile in or that kind of tile? Did you agree to put 22 flats in or 20? What, what, what? Yeah, are they absolutely. What is the specification mm. say? So, yeah, so re- really important. And on top yeah. of that, when HSE comes in, you shake that at them. And they go and chase the contractor, which is came on to me over one, and it got they were heavy. They got really heavy with me, Um, and I got slipped involved because I'm not. I don't say a word to people like that before I've got proper representation. And they, um, they, 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 they kept saying we want the contract and we want the. um, I think it was some other paperwork or whatever because I'd I'd said I've got a main contract on it, and actually you could tell by what they were saying they they'd already been on a couple of his sites and find him and I think yeah. he called them names to be honest. So they were after him anyway. Um but you know solicitor said don't give them anything. Um you don't need to unless they issue a section yeah. whatever it was. And eventually they they bullied me for two months and the office and they issued this section whatever. I gave them the the um contract. The, the JCT um contract um and and that was it. They were off and they were all over yeah. here. So, yeah. you know, people buy on site, people, I've got a claim in for a, someone who yeah. says they've fallen off the ladder. There's all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Main but if you, had, if you hadn't have had that, they would have been after you because the responsibility yeah. then falls back onto yourself. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure he necessarily did anything wrong, but I, I can't defend myself because I wasn't there and I didn't 
Right, yeah. right. He did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. No, cool. Awesome. So JCTs, absolute imperative. Shades of the works, the whole nine yeah. yards. Referring back to obviously the architect's drawings in terms of you know whatever needs to be done, but you know so he went through a period of partnerships, four hundred and twenty nine units, which is just incredible. Uh, a bit of a heartache with you know you're dealing with a lot of different investors. Then moved on to dealing with one investor in a project, commercial conversions, two thousand eleven to two thousand sixteen, yeah. and then moving on. T- tell us about this beast, this absolute beast, yeah. behemoth, in Peterborough because. You know, for me, what was really interesting is you took on something that's not normal in your bag, but you flipped it into an incredible deal where you bought something almost for free. It's kind of like a strategy I use where we're trying to get the ground floor for free, where you're, it's kind of the same thing, but the opposite, you're trying to get the uppers for free, which is quite insightful. So take us through that, how you found that deal, how you, what, how, what the numbers were and that kind of thing, because this was a massive kind of change for you um, because you're going from, you know, partnerships and, uh, three bed end terrace or mid terrace or whatever to then commercial conversions of office to residential on, on a bigger scale. Um, but this was pure commercial. Um, so you bought something pure commercial with obviously a view in mind to do something else. So can you tell some the story about that one? Because I find that absolutely yeah. fascinating. So I mean, from from eleven onwards, obviously I was I was buying some offices, but I was doing pubs as well. Um, and and they were sort of gradually getting bigger. Um, but the, the the biggest one that you're mentioning now uh, was uh, retail. Um, so this was um, 80,000 square foot. It was the old Marks and Spencers on the high street in Peterborough. Um, very, very deep floor plate. Um, yeah. So, you know, challenge in, you know, many, many developers' mind because how do you get light into the middle of the building? Um, and, you know, lots, you know, quite people would look at it and, and, and see it as a challenge so you know clearly eighty thousand square foot um agent you know i i've been looking for stuff you know for well continuously and obviously viewed a load of stuff and actually i've been chipping at this building just trying to get some of it uh mm. for quite a while and they were looking to let the ground floor and they've been trying to let the ground floor for i don't know it could have been a couple of years yeah. So I kept chipping away, kept chipping away. Um, I was really, you know, uh, only an interested in some of it. And then the agent just turned around one day and said, right, they want to sell it. Uh, they want four and a half million quid. Uh, there's no no negotiation. Um, uh, what was the rent? The rent from the ground floor? At the time? Come and have a look. So I went and had a look. And um, I said, so what, what's the deal? What, you know, what? he said, well, we've, we've got a tenant. We've got B&M. Uh, they're not in there. Uh, we're, uh, they've signed an agreement to lease, um, and they're going to pay 285 grand a year. Um, now obviously B&M, they're worth, you know, I don't know, yeah. sorry, half a billion, something like that on the balance sheet. So they're a really good company growing. Um, and, um, you know, and also, I, so I went around. It also kept a little bit of the ground floor also as empty because they, they were, they'd done plans for a hotel scheme above and, students and all this stuff that just doesn't really yeah. work. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought this other bit of the ground floor, I thought yeah, there's got to be, you know, 40, 40 grand there uh, a year in rent. Um, and obviously went to the uppers. Um, managed to get hold of, um, through through some of the people I was using, the um, building makes drawings, yeah. the upper floors, because we noticed on the roof that some of the columns were poking through, almost designed to have the columns <laughs> Bolted yeah. to on top, yeah. 
yeah, so eventually we got hold of the building regs plans. They showed two floors were, you know, designed to go on the top. Mm. Um, but clearly engineered, you know, he had a good look around and said, look, it should be fine. Um, but we're going to have to get into the piles. As always, you're going to have to get in, dig underground, yeah. get in, have a look at the piles, what are the size of them? What's the, what are they made up from? You know, is the rebar? You know, the skin yep. in the middle of the any, any cracks, any this, that, and the other. Absolutely. All the ferrous scan to, to look for that yeah. sort of thing. Really important uh, for this sort of scheme. So I knew that was a bit of a risk, uh, but engineer had a good look um, and, you know, <laughs> gave, gave him me, my verbal that he thought it was going to be all right. Uh, but obviously there's no PI on the line or anything like that. Um, so 285 grand a year. I, you know, the guy that was selling it to me, um, I think he told me he thought it was worth, I think he said, well, it's worth having the ground floor on its own, which I took with a pinch of salt. Um, I think I maybe put in my numbers, it was worth 3.3, which therefore, it was a 10 year lease with no breaks, um, you know, and so 285, if you just ignore the the cost of acquisition. Yes. I mean, even a 7%, it's 4 mil, you know? Yeah, it represents a yield of about 8.6. So, yeah. so, um, which is quite conservative on a half billion yeah, balance sheet, but, you know. But I thought it's a huge, you know, it's 36,000 square foot on one mm. floor, really yeah. deep floor play, dying high street. Um, you know, Peterborough's, you know, it, it is the main shopping precinct, but it's still sort of second, slightly secondary. So, well, it's not, not easy to fill as well, you know, no, if they ever the left. Well, they proved yeah. it took them two years. So, I got a um, another surveyor out. He had a look around, and he was like, "You know, you, you've you've got to be safe. Um, you've got to be safe at that." I also got a. I had an agent man. I got all sort round. Said it was something like three point nine. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I need a bit of bridging, not loads, but I I got I got some bridging to buy it. Uh, that surveyor said the whole building was worth four million quid. Okay. Yeah. So I agreed. I agreed the deal. Uh, at four and a half, but less the uh, rent-free period. Right. So we did that, um, and there was a bit of rent-free, and also there was a leak uh, from the roof that was already leaking, and it went into the B and M as they were moving in. So they kicked off, and they basically started saying, "Well, you know, there's a dispute and the legal." <laughs> so, so I just said, "Well, I'm really, you know, <laughs> really worried now." <laughs> So, um, so they had to. I think they had to chip another hundred grand off for the, um, the yeah, the, the, yeah, absolutely. So you know, maybe I should have, you know. But in the end, I think I bought it for four point two two. If you're a business owner, professional, or SaaS pension trustee, and you want to stop the inflation erosion of your capital, you want to create cash flow and grow your retirement capital, but you just don't have the time. Do you want the baby without the labour pains? Then if you qualify, you may be able to invest with us. If that's you, pop along to tailorcapital.co.uk. We do the deals so you don't have to. It's kind of like the Netflix of investing. So So, 4.2, and then what was the next plan? The next plan was to then package the ground floor up and sell that off. So how did that work? So so I got all soft out, a few others. Uh, and they marketed it at about 3.8, 3.9, something like that. Um, and they 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 sold it at 3.66 million to a London council. Um, yeah. So the L- London council bought it. Um, 
uh, back by a, a government bond, as they did. I, I, public I, public loan works. <laughs> I think the, the public lo- uh, work. Yeah, public uh, works fund. The public um, works board, I think it is. I, and yeah. I, I think they did at two percent or whatever. They said yeah, they get- because we went to them. We said. We've been reading stories that the government are about to stop the public works board for purchases like that. They said, yeah. no, no, this is different money, don't worry. So <laughs> but they said it wasn't. Um, right. So, you but know, despite that, is it a Jersey Jeep or something for tax efficiencies? No, no. <laughs> As well. It, 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 it wasn't. Um, it, it's, it's held, I know, because I do the insurance every year and I have to go to them. It, it's held by the mayor and burgess of oh, the right. London Council. Right. Held Fantastic. directly by them. Yeah. So they get their rent, um, they got what they wanted, um, and um, completed at 3.66, very sort of nervous, you know, I was in South Africa, and then they were like, oh, now they need, you know, uh, council of, what is it, uh, I think it was full council committee approval, yeah, yeah. and I had to go to that, and I was like, oh, God. Anyway, went straight through, uh, and they completed, and they were, they were really good. Um, and So you've got 540 variants, 540 difference from yeah. the other 4.2 yeah. to 3.66. Yeah. yeah, so I've got the other little bit of the ground floor. So at the same time, I was talking to various different people. I always want to do something like this, so sort of go out and just test what might work because it will show me yeah. the next purchase. So I started going to the Housing Association because my planning consultant did, told me to. He said, well, just say to them, you can build all these flats above. Do they want them? Um, so started getting into discussions with them about that and various other people about building flats for them, including uh, a couple of, you know, to forward fund for a PRS scheme. I just thought, well, let's, you know, I've got something live now. I'm going to get Absolutely. to what this bloody PRS, I hear it all the time. What's the reality? <laughs> so, so I took so many of these down the road, knowing that my sort of still central position was, I was yeah. just going to develop it out myself and, and yeah. So the PRS came back and they wanted, a, I don't know, 15 or 20% off. And, and they wanted me to use a tier one builder, which Jesus. was going to cost another two or three million quid. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah. and so got, obviously that didn't work. And, you know, ultimately you come to the point where you want to build it yourself. Yeah. Uh, so you're in at 540. Did you sell a, a, another piece of the building? Yeah. So what happened then was I was talking to the housing association. They got to the stage where they're like, oh, we're, we're worried about all the risk of, putting a new structure on the top because they didn't know it at that point, but there was 600 tons of steel to put on, on top of the building. Wow. There's 52 columns. So you can imagine yeah. you know, we're, we're talking in, in, at its highest three extra floors, um, you know, and well on two of the floors, you're putting 52 columns in twice <laughs> and right. then obviously beams all in between it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's wow. a massive structure. It's the biggest structure that, the steel contractor had done, and they're doing significant stuff. I, I can yeah. show you a picture of the structure. It's my. I, I remember seeing you on a, the top of the crane, and the one I think yeah. it was a Facebook thing or five, something. Five foot crane, full yeah. crane, massive yeah, yeah. over the um, sort of townscape of the, yeah. the city. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah. Well, what a deal! So, you know, you're in at four point two. You've sold the the, the main yeah. part off for three point six six, and then what what about the balance of that? Yeah. So the housing association then said we don't want the stuff upstairs, but you know what? We're looking for um, our sort of flagship city centre uh, office office, office. <laughs> stroke retail. Happy which, days. Which we want we want to sell our developments from because they own ten thousand yeah. houses and they do developments, yeah, yeah. and we want people to be coming and pay their rent. 
Yeah. So, so I said, well, I've got, you know, I've got this bit. Come and have a look. And they're like, right, we want it. So, so I got uh, my agent back in London. I just said, look, we need to, you know, so I went out and then he got 50 grand out of it. Uh, 10-year lease, tenant break at five. Um, you know, and I, um, I got, I, I got a couple of surveyors' opinions and, and subsequently I've had it valued at 600 and another one said it's 580. Um, yeah. So you basically, you, you, you've got the uppers for free. In a nutshell. Yeah. In fact, if anything, you've been paid to to buy the uppers. Yeah. A hundred grand or something. Yeah. So they the uppers were free, but I did, you know, I had a lot of costs stripping out. I had a lot of costs digging down, you know, obviously stamp duty, all that sort of stuff. Not not yeah. unexpected stuff, but I, I, there were, you know, I have, I've got a lot, you know, a lot of professionals all that before I even get started. Um, agents fees to sell the ground floor, everything like that. Yeah, so, so that's you're up to this point. You're four point two in. You sold off yeah. the the main B and M for three point six six. You're you know you, you've got a housing association on a fifty thousand for ten year lease worth six hundred grand, maybe six fifty. That can arrange. Um, so effectively, you've got the the uppers for free, yeah. and, and then the the next part of the, the I suppose the story of the journey is really really interesting because I love um, when shit goes wrong. Um, finding a gift within that problem or challenge yeah. to, to then utilize as as a kind of really you know moving you forward in your journey and i think that's what happened here it was like obviously there was a big issue uh, but you found the gift within that issue and then moved on to a different kind of hemisphere can you talk about that because that's a, that's a great way of looking at challenges in your life and how yeah. can you get the, the best out of a challenge kind of thing yeah. i'm sure it was stressful but you, you turned it around like big time it was stressful. So um, obviously, I got a load of tenders done. You know, I was using sort of a Polish team previously. Um, this was way too big for them. Um, you know, I'd had some prices off them, but you know, as we went through the sort of uh, design process, it, yeah, I mean, the first thing was obviously they he couldn't work with the professionals. It was just impossible. Um, but in addition, the because of course we're moving here to full construction drawing. Rather yeah. than previously, mm-hmm. often I just do stuff off planning, planning drawings. Um, yeah. So moving to full construction drawings, we're moving from my previous site might have been 13, 15,000 square foot, and we're suddenly going to 80, but a building that will become 124,000 square foot. So you're in wow. a, different, a different sort yeah. of lead. So and what was, it, what was the percentage of new builds existing on that? Is it kind of 50 50 or no. uh, more weight to new build? It's about 80% new build. 80% new build. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, it's only actually existing. This was the other thing. When I looked at the original building, it was just ground floor and first floor. So low right. compared to all the other buildings around. It was obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, clearly had to sort of go at that quite hard. Went out, got a load of tenders. Um, I, I think originally um, I'd been told clearly the scheme changed, but something like seven and a half million and my most expensive return was 16 million. So that shows you the range. Yeah. Seven, seven and a half to 16. So obviously yeah. the, the guy at seven and a half was trying to get in the deal and then VO's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> VO, well, it was never right. And then he tried to go in at eight and a half and yeah, yeah. of course he would, and he'd just been so late. And he would have messed it up anyway because it's too big and they're just not capable of doing it. So they, they were gone. Um, I, did go in uh, to contract with an Irish contractor um, who had got 10 years sort of history. They'd done loads of these. I I found them because I, I went round a load of other office buildings that were being converted with new 
yeah. you know, and basements. And I could see that they could do a lot of the um, work required to put new structures on top uh, and dig down. So when, <clears throat> in the end, ended up going into contract with them. Um, and then they started on site and I reckon it was probably two months and they went into administration. Um, two months. Two months. I mean, we were very early doors in demolition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I've got a call on a Friday afternoon. Uh, we're going into administration. Uh, you need to secure your site. There's going to be angry contractors coming there. Uh, they're going to probably try and take things. And, the, and we've got violence on one of the other sites. The police are there, um, you know, and, and yeah, all, all that sort of stuff, you know. So so what, what was the kind of level of prelims, you know, the down payment for prelims and that kind of thing? You know, that's obviously. Yeah, I would paid some, but clearly, you know, that had done some asbestos that had done quite a lot right. of demolition. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there was there was a loss there. But we were early doors and, you know, the... In what month was this, roughly? Pre-pandemic, November, December? Like January, that kind of thing. January, right. So this is January, just before the March pandemic lockdown hits. All that, middle of winter, you know, we just had Christmas. We just sent them a big payment over Christmas. You know, it was... I I, I just, you know, it's one of the hardest things, actually, I've had in in many years. And um, to think, you know, you've got 80,000 square foot in the middle of town, water, you know, coming, coming through, because they're, they're pulling the roof. Yeah. And I had to take the whole roof off, the whole slab. Yeah. So they'd started chipping away at that. It wasn't off, but, you know, the, the, the first floor, the, um, I, the guys there were putting felt in to put a temporary yeah. waterproof solution in so yeah. we could take the whole, um, top floor off as a low trade off. Uh, which you may have to do on your yes. No, we will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So of course, I'm thinking, what am I doing? So I start calling security guards. I start calling all the rest of it. I get home. I just sat there with Gemma. I said, you know, I, I got on my project manager. He's already had, you know, three or four pints. Um, you know, and yeah, he's in the pub, isn't he? You know, it's six thirty or something. And um, and he's like, shit, you know, I, what, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, and I, I, I just, he said, well, you know, what, what we, and so, so we sort of, and we talked to him, we, sort of, we could build this ourselves, couldn't we? Um, you know, we, 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 <laughs> yeah, we <started laughs> that's, I mean, that's a ballsy, that's so a ballsy many, move. Done yeah. So many of these buildings and, and had to get involved. I mean, yeah. when I parted ways with that other contractor, the, you know, I'd got another building which was unfinished, and because he realised he wasn't getting this job, he just walked off the other side uh, yeah. and got pretty angry. So I had to finish that one uh, using, yeah. using my own sort of team with, with trades, suppliers. Yeah, suppliers. So, you know, it was a lot smaller, but I just thought, you know what, you know, I I I, I can put my mind to this, and I can. So so um, so I got my car. It was it was this was Friday evening. Got my car Saturday morning. I got home, went to Gemma, and I just said, "What am I going to do?" So, so I spent a few hours overnight, uh, basically finding the home addresses of all the guys that I've been dealing with. Yeah, so this is the contract right. manager, yeah. quantity surveyor, um, and um, you know, you know, the, the guys that, that knew the project. I just thought they've all lost their jobs, uh, and I'm going to get to them before anyone else does. So I got all their home addresses because all their phones got turned off immediately. The emails all gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the whole lot. So I got my car the next morning, early doors with Gemma, and we 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 drove uh, we drove to um, 
to, to, to an area just, just around the M25 where one of them lived and knocked on the door. He wasn't there. Came back later. His wife sort of, you know, passed the details over. Uh, next week, we had a few disc- had a discussion on the phone. He seemed keen. Next week, a few more discussions. Um, w- within a week, I'd got him in. I'd got the quantity surveyor in. Oh, sorry, the, the sort of more senior quantity surveyor who wasn't doing it. I'm pleased we got the one we did. Um, and um, and then, of course, setting out engineer, a couple of the labourers, all that. And they, the one that disappeared, they suddenly came back. Do you know what I mean? But, uh, this time they're under my control. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you basically the whole thing blew up. You then immediately took action, went to the doors, you know, yeah. got them back in the team. And at the same time, obviously, there's a little bit of pain. This is just before COVID. And then, you know, started your own construction company, which does what? Takes off the 20% margin of the main contractor. Yeah. Which is well, absolutely. Theoretically. Hopefully. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. yeah. Um, but this being your first one, maybe not the full 20% because it's your first kind of, you know, one way well, you no, are. It'll be, it'll be done for, uh, I mean, we went hard those first three months in this office, you know, with the QS. We went at subbies, do you know what I mean? And I'm talking 50, 60 subbies, um, getting getting tenders for everything and, yeah. and pushing and value engineering the whole scheme and taking a load of cost out, uh, yeah. which which is what we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I mean that's impressive. So big arm again, big lesson here for everybody. You know, when the, you know, Murphy always comes into any development, any project. You didn't think obviously nobody thought Murphy would come in this big. You know, two months into it, they go pop. Um, and then the next thing happens. You know, we get a lockdown. Yeah. Jesus. You've so, been... so they're all in. We're rolling. Um, we're going out to subbies. By then, I, I realised actually the, the the cost that the the original contractor said they could do it for. They could never do it for that. Yeah. Um, I knew because I had the two guys there. Obviously, initially, they were all like, oh, there should be profit in the packages. But what I realised was they haven't gone mm-hmm. out and got specific quotes for the job. They just rated it all on sort of areas for each, Mm -hmm. you know, based on previous jobs they've done. So, you know, bit of cost increase in there, um, but, you know, we managed to sort of get it back down again. Um, So we're rolling, we get the the demo back out. Yeah, same guys, they're there with their little clippers on the top, you know, these little sort of bobcats and they're chewing away at it. You know, they're all coming from, from Kings Lynn, you know, so yeah, yeah. Cheap guys, you know, good guys, yeah. You know? So um, so they're they're chipping away. Um, and um asbestos guy comes back on site, he's pulled a load of asbestos out. He's like, right, I've not been paid. And we're like, well, we've paid um, you know, with prelims. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he's like, right, I'm going to HSC, I'm reporting all of you. And then of course, you know, we just stood there and we said, Well, looks like we're gonna to have to call it a day because you were in contract with the previous, you know, there was there was a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah they were obviously yeah. upset. I'd lost some money. They'd lost some money. Um, we wanted to just re-engage them and just say, look, mm. can't we come to a new agreement? Demo guy was great. Managed to do that with him. Um, trying to think, you know, a lot of the labourers were great. They wanted just to, to carry on, get a, another job. Obviously, you know, the management team and a few of the others, asbestos guy hit the roof threatened us and, and cleared off and haven't heard from him since. Yeah. No, that's been fine. Just get a new specialist guy and you're good to go. That's yeah. it, exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So that's yeah. what we did. Um and, and then, then lockdown it, happens, which lockdown must be happens, you know, massive. within a couple of months and I'm like, oh my God, you know, the pandemic's obviously we've got a training business, which was the big worry. We've got, you know, event rooms full of people, all of a sudden that's illegal. 
Um, so, 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 and then you've got, then you got, um, you know, I'll never forget. It, it was around. It was almost. It was almost this week. I think it was this week in March last year. And you've got Boris under pressure from Sadiq Khan and and that lovely lady in Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, um, telling telling him that all construction sites should shut. Look at all the workers on the London Underground. Um, mm. You know, in yellow jackets. You know, queuing up outside of their construction sites. It's outrageous. They've got to shut. So I'm sitting in my office with my team and they keep looking at me just going you're going to shut the site aren't you you're going to shut the site and i kept i kept, I kept looking at them going guys unless there is a legal directive to shut this site i do not yeah. care we are continuing and of course all the way through a few weeks whether oh well you know all the all the um all the, all the suppliers are shutting we've got travis perkins shutting we've got juice and shutting we've got you know all this sort of stuff and i just kept saying to them guys let's just hire vans we're going to get the stuff and we're going to carry on, which is yeah. exactly what we did. And, the, the, you know, they're, they're pretty bloody minded about it. The contracts managers just went straight down to Enterprise, got a big van, and he started driving it. And all we were doing all day was just <laughs> ringing. Um, yeah. you know, because at this stage, we're still demo, which is great, really lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we need sand, we need lentils, yeah, we need concrete. Yeah. You know, we, the, the crane base was going in, so we need all the Semex for that. We need the yeah, rebar yeah. to go in. So... You know, you know, we find these little bottles or these little builders merchants in various places. You know, a few of them will go, well, right, where are you from? And we're like, Peter, well, no, we only deal with people in Loughborough. And like, okay, well, well done. You know, so, but then we we'll remember that in the future. Oh, mate. And then, you know, not in the pandemic, you know, we're dealing yeah. with our old customers. There was loads yes, of them. Yes, absolutely. You know, would do it. You know, at certain places, they, they had stock. So we were driving around getting all this stuff. Um, and we just kept rolling. And so, so you just get, um, was there a point where you had to shut down when the legal guy could come in? No. Was so you just, legal, was, social distancing, obviously yeah. hand cleaning the whole nine yards, yeah. but no no directive. Yeah. There was no, no directive from central government to close. In fact, within a relatively short period, they clarified it and they said construction sites can continue. Um, yeah. you know, and, and we got a, you know, I got abuse. I got people online in our Facebook group, you know, say, oh, it's outrageous what you're doing. And are they all wearing masks? So I just yeah. put the, con the construction industry council guidelines saying that they will not wear masks because it is dangerous yeah. and all the rest of it. So we just went to those guidelines, put a two-way system in. We had a lot of audits. The steel guys put their auditors in there. They changed some more stuff. Low, you know, distancing. They're all read the riot act. The, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, what a, a what a yeah what a double whammy! The the, the main contractor goes down the pan, hits yeah. the wall, yeah. and then you're, you're you're driving around the M25 to you know get the people back in to start your own construction company. Then the pandemic hits, the, yeah. the, the abuse and carrying that on forward. I suppose what is your biggest learning through that that you could impart to other people about to embark on perhaps a, a project that's a step up for them that they haven't done that size of thing before? What would you? What's your biggest thing? Well, I Do suppose that. the biggest thing for me was, you know, you, you, you've 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 got to think very quickly and be very flexible and and have a good head on um, during that period because I, I can't tell you how you're going to need to react in the next crisis because they're all different. But yeah. the, the point was, I made sure I suddenly was going to bed at exactly the same time and getting up at exactly the same time every night. So I was getting really good sleep. 
everything else was gone out of my diary, which was relatively easy because of the pandemic, but everything else was gone. Um, exercising, you know, eating really well, all that sort of stuff, because I knew I was going to need to put a load of hours in, you know, see loads of people just to sort, just to get right in it and sort the whole thing. Just, just, yeah. just meet the thing head on. Um, yeah. Massive action. So that that's that's how I deal with these things when they go yes. wrong. Just yeah, it's all over it, you know. Yeah, just hats off to you. What what an incredible achievement when the two biggest things that ever could happen in a construction uh, project, you know, hits you face on one. Obviously, nobody's ever seen before. Hopefully, we we'll never see it again. But you just never know these things. And um, so going forward, um, what, what is, you know, if you've got one big regret or what's the one big thing for you this decade? You know, after you get past this, you, you built the, the, this block of 130 units, I think it is. Um, and you've added an additional 40,000 square foot in the middle of Peterborough, new build predominantly. Um, what's your one big thing to achieve this decade moving on from that kind of thing? To achieve or the biggest lesson? Yeah, both. Biggest lesson and what's your big goal? Um, so my big goal is to get my big site complete concluded. I've got, you know, a few sites at the moment. I just want to get them all finished. Once we're all done, you know, get them full. 350 tenants, um, you know, across all our stuff. Um, get our training business, you know, running, you know, sort of in my way. They're, they're my big sort of... Um, mm. You know, we've actually got the, on that project. We've got the first flats going to be completed uh, next week. We're program wise, we're one week late from the original That's, program, which we created yeah. in January. Yeah, and which obviously was uh, you had been a break because the company went down the pan and to get yeah. back up to speed. So well, you're well, we, one. You're we probably a week ahead. Another, we did create a new program. We I think we yeah. went back a month after that, but from there yeah. we're a week late. Yeah. Yeah, and they carry on rolling out till November. Um, you know, I, I clearly I had to persuade the bank that this yeah. whole thing was going to work. I mean, that was one of my biggest worries. Um, yeah. You know, I'd done load plenty of developments, but always using a main contractor, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm yeah. here asking them to let me, you know, use you know nine million quid of their money to put up, you know, one hundred twenty three thousand square foot, you know. To act as a a builder yeah. with no it, no construction experience it, well, in the biggest yeah, pandemic, yeah, and also in the biggest pandemic since the Black Plague. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're early doors, and we're and yeah, early doors. In fact, I'm not even sure we've drawn any money down. So yeah. it was so easy for them to go, "We're not doing this," and just pull out. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. didn't. Um, we, so what was the what was the key thing in achieving that that trust? And, you know, obviously your team, you've got your team, which is awesome from the project. But what was the biggest thing? If you were to give somebody else advice, you know, raising money for a project like this, where perhaps they're going from a main contractor to doing it themselves. What's the biggest thing when dealing with institutions on this kind of these kind of deals? So for me, it was all about getting. Obviously, I had a good relationship with the the sort of one of the directors. And she, she came out and, you know, I had a good chat with her. And, you know, I basically said, look. I've, I've taken the guys who were building this out of the old building company. Yeah. They're all going to be here. I've got a project manager sitting on top who's got all the PI that you want. The, here are their CVs. They gave me the, obviously, yeah. I've got their CVs. They gave me authority to give them to the bank. They've built all this stuff before. I'm, I'm appointing this site manager who has basically built four or five Weatherspoons, five Premier Inns, um, yeah. 
He's got all this experience. You know, they're, they're, they're costing me good money. Um, all of these guys have done this so many times before. Um, and, and she sort of said, yeah, I like the experience. I'm going to get one of our senior guys who's got a lot of sort of construction experience out. He came out and he sat in the site office and he interviewed the whole lot of them, uh, including me. Um, and then basically <laughs> said, right, you all know, I think you all know, know what you're doing. I'll go back, I'll go back and discuss it. And they yeah. came back and they said, we like it. We're going to go to credit and tell them. So they went to credit and credit approved it. So that was a, that was a, a super easy kind of process. Obviously well, stressful it, during it, but um, a lot of toing and froing, and it, yeah. it went on for several. You know, it went on for a few yeah. weeks. Obviously, but I suppose the key thing is surround yourself with uh, superstars in their specific niche. Yeah, yeah you know, course. surround yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they replace any you know because obviously you've done a ton of projects in the past, but. Yeah. Obviously, this was a kind of a step into a new direction you build, I suppose, uh, yes. on top of an existing building, on top of a tenant. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's got to happen building my balance sheet. Tenant. Trading tenant. Lawyers coming out of their ears and water coming through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. So not an easy one to kind of do to take on and be ultimately the main contractor. So I suppose the question then is, would you do it again or would you just go main contractor? Um, well, yeah, I do. You know, in my current state, I'd do it again, wouldn't I? Because I've got, I've got a team. Um, yeah. I've got, you know, projects that they're delivering. Um, I, I don't have a whole lot of trust for main contractors. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, you know, I find it a bit. Yeah. You know, I'll get there again with them, but you know, I've been bugging around a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plus the variances of. The variance in the quotes as well, you know, was like a hundred percent more than the, the lowest one. Oh, which because is quite... they don't know what it's going to cost them to do it, and I can understand yeah. that because it takes a long time to get all the subcontract quotes to understand what what the packages cost. Hmm. You know, unless you've actually done a department store like that very recently, and who has? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can sort of understand that, but you know, if I look at most of the contractors. You know, or in fact, most of the ones that I would have been dealing with, you know, the balance sheets would have just been okay. If I could go to Bo McKirkland or one of those big ones, you're talking even more money. And every time I mention names of the really big ones to my team, especially the first one I just mentioned, their eyeballs just roll around and and, and, and it's just like 20, 30% variations. You're wide open. You're absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. What So, yeah. um, I, of course, but, but of course, where I am now with a team, you know, that's different from other people, isn't it? So, no, absolutely. Yeah, trying to take that overhead. You know, yeah. If yeah, I'm doing that now, I just use them because I've got ultimate control. They go out to all the surveys. I know what it's going to cost. Um, I pay all the surveys a month in arrears. Um, yeah. I don't really care what the balance sheet's like. If they don't, yeah, do well, absolutely, they're not they don't perform. Yeah, the QS goes around, takes pictures of all yeah. all the stuff they've done and the materials on site. So whenever they and they're constantly overclaiming, some yeah. of them, some of them are great, some of them yeah. are constantly overclaiming uh, and trying to get ahead. You know, trying to claim mm. for works they haven't done. The QS, who has got a legal background, really enjoys it. He just pulls all the pictures <laughs> out and pulls all there and just, yeah. just tells them where to go. Yeah, and I don't so, think so. Not this yeah. one. <laughs> so, so that's what I would do. But you know, if I was in a position, you know, some of you know your your mentees and the people that are watching this, I'd get to know a, a contractor that has done these sorts of sites before. 
Um, And, you know, get to know them over a a good long period of time. Yeah, which, of course, these Irish guys, I didn't know them, but I did a bit of digging. I spoke to one of their customers. The bank I was using had done a project with them, so I I got a reference for them, and I went to four of their other sites. But still, you know, the balance sheet looked okay, but it's just a snapshot. So, you know, I'd, I'd, and, and, but what I would do is I'd get a project manager who's got, who's a really sharp QS to, who who really wants to dig into exactly what materials are on site, what the value of all the works is that they've actually done. Yeah. Evidence it all and and probably take a certain amount of enjoyment in, in, in catching them out and cutting them. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And that's no, the game. That's the yeah. game. They're always trying to get ahead. And when they've got you ahead, they'll ride you. Yeah. You know, and, and with, absolutely. If you can get the oh. right QS, it's is worth his weight in gold. You know, yeah. QS or PM, we've been sold down the river before with a kind of QS, um, unfortunately. But, you know, that's the kind of scars that you go through kind of when you're doing deals. Um, but fascinating. You know, you've gone from growing 429 units as a partnership kind of project and then did your you know lots of uh, commercial to residentials and then you did took on this beast got through the challenges which are numerous to say the least and um you know your big goal right now is getting the training back online as it used to be obviously physical meetings and that kind of thing but i you know last question do you have any what's your one big regret if there is anyone not really I don't like regrets. I don't do them. I just see them all as um, times to sort of learn. And would I do anything different? Probably not. I always think, no, the path I took was the right thing. You know, all right, having 110 investors, you know, there's got to be a better way of doing it than that. But at the time, it worked. Um, Yeah. yeah, Yeah, all right. Um, Using the wrong contractors for the wrong things, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I should have transitioned to a bigger contractor yeah, bigger. That, that earlier. You know yeah. what I mean? That, that, that was probably more suitable for projects like this. But it's the same that from 2011 to 16, at 60 pound a foot, 70 pound a foot. That's yeah. unheard of. You yeah. know, that's like you know you're in there doing it yourself with them, kind of thing. Exactly. That that was it. But then 16 came along, Brexit came along, and all of yeah. a sudden there was a bloody shelf because. Zotti, you know, strengthened against Sterling, Sterling weakened. So all those yeah. second yeah. fix items coming in, all the price went, prices right went up. <clears throat> so his prices went up and he was <clears throat> trying to do it through other means and trying to charge me more like 80, 90, 100 a foot. So I was suddenly into proper money. Yeah. Um, and at that, and that point, you made as well. That was the beginning yeah. of the end because then I wouldn't put up with the other <laughs> shit because it wasn't yeah. that cheap anymore, you know? No. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it just... It's horses for courses. You've got to pick the right contractor for the right thing, but yeah. like, you've got to test them on smaller stuff over a period of time. Yeah. Um, and, and would you ever see your 429? Would you ever um, consider expanding that, scaling that, or is that, that kind of job done now? You're, you're more into big, large projects. Um, yeah, I, I would. I mean, if I was purchasing like that again, I'd just purchase them for rather myself. I, I wouldn't want right. an investment in there as well because it just adds so much complication um yeah. you know with lenders and it's become more difficult but i'd buy more terraced houses what i'd love to do is to be able to buy them in lots of 50 you know what i mean yeah yeah and just, absolutely just do that 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 would obviously be the holy grail for me because they they've yeah. done so well i mean i think we manage 
about 800 units out of this building now, something like that. And, you know, let's let's say those investors have still got about 400 or something like that. A lot of them bought in 2008, 9, 10, 11, whatever. Yeah. Most of those units have doubled in value. Doubled in value in doubled 11 in years. Value. The rents have gone from 450 to about 725. Yeah. You know, so, so you get that compression of the equity going up, the yeah. return going up. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. It, Have you ever? It really is. And the risk, risk level is very low. So I, I really like that. I mean, you know, if you look afterwards, all the stuff I've developed, um, you know, in, including including all that. Um, yeah. So I, if I just look at the numbers now, you know, refurb wise, about 400,000 square foot of those units. Um, and then, on from that, probably uh, about another, let's say, 200, 250,000 square foot. So, um, I, yeah. It's you're, on, like, you're, you're on the road to a million square foot then. Fantastic. Yeah, something, that's a, something. Well, yeah, I don't know, 650 maybe. Yeah. So, that's awesome. That's incredible. I mean, I mean, there's a potential option to exit and also grow that 429 portfolio with potentially having a progressive property REIT. Um, where everybody gets, you know, obviously less owners, they've got more diversity there for less risk because they're all part of a small share. It's like, you know, in the reconstruction kind of structure could, you know, could be something to look at. It's always something I've been looking at for the last few years. Uh, obviously, there's a cost base with that, but um, it's a way to scale. And, you know, then you can, if you're, if you're listed in a REIT, you can potentially uh, list bonds and other exchanges like Dublin or whatever. Um, okay, which so is a way what, to buy. Do you mean where we per, the REIT purchases all those properties? Yeah. Investors? yeah, yeah, and investors can come with you or they can exit. You know, one of the two things. Obviously, yeah. the best would be for them to exit. Um, but if they even if they didn't, it's uh, it's quite a tax efficient environment. You know, um, plus it's you then you have a listed thing. So you got progressive property REIT as a listed environment, which is quite. I don't know. It's got a lot of cachet to that. You know, um, potentially. Something to think about anyway. As uh, it's been on my mind for a little while now, and I just thought four two nines is you've got critical mass already, and if you want to get that to a thousand, it's a potential vehicle to to do that. Where every investor, as long as you're paying out ninety percent of the, the net proceeds quarterly, you know, as a dividend, uh, there's no tax on the remaining ten percent. Yeah. Yes, because a lot of them are subject to section twenty four now as well. Yeah, and that's a way of cleaning up that, and also an ability. Well, being a PLC is pretty cool. Um, you know, any one of your uh, partners, you know, having shares in the PLC, um, there's got to be a lot of cash to that as well. How, how does, um, who, who controls the REIT? Um, well, it's yourself. You know, yeah. there's, there's usually always a sole and exclusive advisor or manager kind of thing. So you'd have a REIT potentially, uh, you know, it might be in ties in, in Jersey. Uh, Ties is a very inexpensive place to list where obviously AIM or, or the full listing in London is, is very expensive, but Ties is quite inexpensive to not only list, but also maintain on a yearly basis. And yet you would have an onshore, man, you know, sole and exclusive managing kind of company. That's clever. Uh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, something to think about. I know, I know you love structures like me. I love tax structures, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it keeps, keeps me up at night for some I like reason. That. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But anyway, we'll keep you any longer. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much, Mark. Uh, love to have another one at some point. And uh, hopefully, everyone watching got a lot of gems out of there. 
Um, you, you can see the journey Mark's been on and Rob um, from Progressive in terms of their acquisition strategy, their acquisition trail that's slightly changed over time. And the challenges, my goodness, the challenges have overcome along the way on this last one uh, is quite impressive. So that's all. Thanks very much, Mark, and uh, really appreciate your time coming on to the show. Thank you. Really enjoyed it, Dan. And uh, yeah. good luck to all of, all of you guys. Um, I, uh, it's, a, it's a great place to be. There's, uh, there's lots of money to be made. You've just got to really focus on it and, and just become the best.